Alright, here with my brother Roy. What's, What's going up? on, buddy? Just living another day, buddy. Yeah, another day. Said you've been playing a lot of music lately? Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Um, I saw you were jamming with Perry and... Um, Lancey Lance, Pants. Lancey Pants? Yeah. How's that going? Well, awesome. Uh, we got Lance on one jam session, uh, but me and Perry kind of been working towards songs. Like, we're trying to take songs right now because we're going to do open mics, hopefully within the three weeks. Mm-hmm. But we're just taking other songs, turn them into reggae, folk, or blues. Hell yeah. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And eventually write original stuff. Yeah, I got a couple things. Just kind of getting a feel for each other. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. So what's up. Um, you do any any drums when he's playing? Uh, cajones every now and then. Mainly I'm just focusing on singing. If, if uh, Lance the Pants ain't there, I'm going to tap a little bit, but... Mainly, I'm just trying to work on being in key. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... The voice is an amazing instrument, really. And it's a... I don't know. To me, it's the most fascinating instrument. Honestly. Most and And I'm, you know, I'm doing the same thing. Figuring out how to stay on key. And there's there's so much to, to learn. It's like guitars I can pick up pretty well and a keyboard and everything but the voice is something else it's it's challenging and i guess that's why i like it but um anyways man for anybody who doesn't know you what's roy all about roy's all about love peace and chicken grease Ch- chicken grease not chicken no grease. not chicken grease. i actually <laughs> uh around august september time i started switching over to a vegetarian more lifestyle yeah i've got um uh, Crohn's disease. Uh-huh. So. What's what? Well, I'm borderline Crohn's, basically. And but what exactly is that? It's like IBS times 10,000. Sometimes when you like, let's just say do you think things it, don't get digested yeah. before they get to the end. So, do you think it has a lot to do with diet? Uh, since I changed it, here's what I've noticed. I've went from hot coffee to solid, or soft serve ice cream to solid poop doing this. Interesting. And like the whole time in the military, I was liquid, yeah. liquid every day, like six, seven times a day. Sometimes you get sick from it. Yeah. Sometimes you just feel pain go across from your abs all the way up down to your legs and you just don't want to move. You sit there with a bucket. And so vegetarian has been helping? Yeah. I, I eat meat on Fridays. Uh, if I'd miss Friday, I'll pick one day in the weekend and be like, all right, I'm going to go have sushi or something. You notice any other kind of benefits? Uh, Maybe more energy or... Cleaner energy. Cleaner like, energy. I feel like not weighed down yeah. after lunch. Yeah. It's because you're knocking away, like, taking away all those carbs. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've noticed, I've, uh, I mean, I haven't gone veg- vegetarian, but uh, I eat a lot less uh, processed foods, um greasy foods, anything like that, uh, anything that's really heavy, I tend to stay away from, except for maybe like once at the end of the week or something, I'll have like a, a cheat day or whatever. Right. But uh, for the most part, I stay as clean as possible, and it, and I feel amazing. I feel great, instead of being so bogged down all day, every day. You don't get the itis as much. The itis? 
Uh, I got that from like Boondocks, that show. Yeah. It's beyond Adult Swim. He started that restaurant called the Itis where you eat all that greasy food and just. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The Itis. Um, so you uh, mentioned your military career, which uh, I'm kind of interested in if you don't mind talking about that. Uh, I was, uh, was in the Marine Corps. I worked on aircraft, AV8 Bravo, 6212s for anybody who's listening. I uh, worked on being a plane captain and stuff like that. Launching jets, working on the engines, making sure aircraft were fit to fly, changing out the oil, watering the aircraft because the AVA Bravo or Harrier to people who don't know, it's that magical aircraft that flies vertically and then takes off. And it can take off normally as well. It's amazing. It's a beautiful Vistal aircraft. Huh. And but, so uh, what kind of took you in that direction? Was it... After high school? Exploration. No, I was beating myself up after high school. Because I dropped out. I went back. I got my diploma. Yeah. But I dropped out. I got tired of stuff in school. I wasn't, you know. I wasn't either. Yeah. I wasn't the uh, the best student or uh, just. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, there were subjects I did, but I skipped school. Yeah. I did all that stuff. I went. I didn't really focus in on it. I didn't like school because school from the time I moved to Texas to the time I got out of high school was just not the funnest. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And I feel like, I don't know, we all become of age. Like, we all hit a certain age. Every one of us is kind of different, but where we kind of just feel like that uh, we get rebellious and we're not sure that this is it anymore. And it's almost like, just be, probably because... The way that the school systems are set up now isn't really, it doesn't really cater to us personally, yeah. to our uh, personal passions and desires. And so, yeah, dude, it was uh, hard as hell for me to get out of high school. And, um, you know, I did graduate, I did finish, but it took me five years. You know, it, it took me one extra year. But my thing was, I'm so fucking headstrong like if i've set out to do something i'm gonna fucking finish it and my mentality i mean of course everybody's different but my mentality was like i've come this fucking far i've got to fucking finish like no matter how much i hate it and uh you know my brothers were completely different they're just like fuck this this isn't for me and that's understandable too everybody has their own path yeah for it's sure. just how you take it and so got out of high school you're kind of beating yourself up and it's like, fuck, I need to do something, I need to get out, I need to get away. And that was kind of your... That was my getting away. Yeah. That was, uh, I'm going to leave this town, finally. Yeah. I'm going to get out of this town, I'm going to go see some things. I saw some things in the desert, saw some tropical stuff, saw a bunch of other stuff that I wouldn't see in my life. I didn't think there were snowy mountains in Arizona. Yeah, there is. I went there and I was yeah. like... Is, are we in Colorado? No. Yeah, Flagstaff. You were in Yuma, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, Flagstaff is beautiful. Oh, my God. I think, I think if it's one of the places that I'm considering moving to. Here's yeah. one thing I'll say. Anywhere in Arizona, the scenery will not disappoint yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. The sunrises, the sunsets, the cloud formations during the day. Yeah. Just... Yeah. The essence, like the emptiness that is the desert, is a beauty of itself. There's something mystic about it. There's always been something mystic, and I'm I'm from Arizona. Yeah, I was born there. So, um, and I've always since I left, 
my whole life I've I've felt drawn back. I felt drawn to it. And um, every time I'm there, it's just, it feels like a holy place to me. I don't know. Um, but uh, I wanted to, since you had been in the military, like in the Marines, and you had that experience, um, overall, would you say it was good? Or I'm interested in people's military backgrounds just because. One thing I say is I kind of, uh, if you ever studied South Korea and how they do their, when you come of age, you do that mandatory two years of military service. And Israel does the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more I went through the military, the more I realized is like, this is the world in a nutshell. But the one thing they never teach you in the military is like, because you're under the radar. You're that blip, 24-7. People know where you are. People mm -hmm. know who you are. And you have a time and place to be at all times. And that's the one thing I hate about it is that when you transition, that camaraderie, that everything, that everyone just, hey, I know my neighbor. My neighbor invites me over for dinner. I'm going over to base housing because yeah. all this, that kind of just you know, snaps yeah, away. Yeah. Because you go back into the real world, your neighbor don't care really much about you next yeah. door. Yeah. Like, hi. Yeah. I, uh, I, I have heard that a lot, that uh, a lot of people coming out of the military do miss the camaraderie, like, the most. And I don't think our society is really set up in a way to accommodate our soldiers returning. And um, that's why it's so hard for soldiers to acclimate back to society, normal life here, and a lot of them just end up becoming career soldiers. Mm -hmm. And it's because, and it's weird, um, there was a book that I read uh, called Tribe, I believe, and um, it talks about how close we become in those situations, how community plays a big part in our happiness, and, and even though you see it a lot in, like, war-torn areas, that um, families who don't have a lot, you can st they still smile because they have each other. Mm -hmm. and, um, and same thing for, you know, our soldiers, the American soldiers. A lot of them over there, you don't have much over there, really, as a soldier. But you do have all your friends that are there with you. And a lot of them become your brothers, your family, mm -hmm. and then you come back here, and it's kind of like, like you said, your neighbor doesn't give a damn, won't, won't come over, have a beer with you. It's like what the fuck, but um, so I think there is a great positive aspect there when it comes to our our military, and even you know having like a a mandatory. Um, military service it's almost like a coming of age thing like you said yeah and um societies just, have been doing it throughout history yeah and i think that there can be a lot of positive things of course we need uh military protection for a lot of things um but when you are serving of course in the state that we're in you know the american military what has your whole view been on the wars that we're in? What's going on overseas? Um, did you did you think much about that or? It's oh, coming from someone. I'm a 
big historian. Yeah. I love history. It's just the same stuff that we had back, let's say, like 1180 is just being regurgitated today. We're fighting over stupid reasons for no point in gain. The only gain is to people who won't gain for the rest of the country. This war is being fought for personal needs. For, then, for resources. For, then for It's being, become a business, pretty much. Everything's a business. Take it down to the religion, which... Yeah. Religion all the way up. Every one of them is a business. Mm -hmm. Now there's two sides to that sword, though. Because there's good business, which are the people who are doing things right. Bad business, which every every aspect of life has those two things. Because beyond everyone's perspective, nothing is good or evil. Mm -hmm. It is how you perceive it. Yeah. It's subjective, really. And that's where we create the moral being. But... God, I kind of ran myself off right there. <laughs> no, uh, we're 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 talking about uh, the, uh, the maybe the historical the historical aspect of the fact that we've always been warring nations and it's always been um, somebody's desire for resources. Conquest. A lot of it comes to conquest and greed, power, um, and so in your service. Did you feel like you were a part of that or you were just... Because one of my things, morally, I wouldn't be able to serve. Just morally. And and of course, this is not saying anything for anybody who has decided to serve or anything. It's just me personally could not morally serve this country in that way. Gotcha. And like, like they say, like, you know... I try the vegetarian diet. I go to another person who like goes to barbecue shop every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Man, I can't try that. It's everyone has their view and everybody can do what they feel is perfect for them. Like you don't want to serve. I didn't want to serve for the longest time, but I saw that as a way to get out. When I did it, miserable three months, miserable month after that fun party fun time while in the schoolhouses and then get to work all i saw myself was is i was making sure that this aircraft went from point a to point b without killing anybody in the cockpit or it crashing down on anybody killing anybody in the way yeah that's how i saw it and yeah. that's the thing about the military a lot of people are like i'm gonna go in i'm gonna go kill people no if you're a zero three eleven you're gonna go kill people if you're a dash jockey you're like one of the s shops you're going to be sitting at an office all day. You don't want to go fight people? Cool. There's the National Guard. Yeah. There's there's something for There is you. something for everybody to get a little bit of something. Like, you can find any job in the military. Yeah. And despite what a recruiter tells you, oh, that job's not open, they're trying to fill quotas. Yeah. You can get that job. There's no way that that quota is filled because it's 1%. 1% of the nation defends the nation. Less than 1%. Yeah. So there's jobs open the whole time. But I learned it. I thought that working on aircraft would be cool. I'd be like, man, I like planes. Yeah. I don't like flying on them, but I like planes. Yeah, for sure. And then I worked on them, and I was like, all right, it's not for me. Yeah. But I learned a lot of other stuff. I learned first aid. I learned how to sew people up. I learned uh, I danced in swimming. I got really good at shooting. 
because you have to in the Marine Corps you have to do every I think every year a recall on your firing. So that's I mean that's it's interesting and at least you did get some kind of life experience. I mean as for me, <laughs> my life experience after high school was selling drugs. So it's like <laughs> you know um, everybody has their own path and it's it's so interesting and I think it's so beautiful in any way no matter what you're doing and uh i mean there's there's a lot that i learned about life from that lifestyle selling drugs and uh being robbed at gunpoint all that stuff you know it's a uh, i don't i don't i hate that i had to go through that um i wouldn't change it made me who i am and and i did you know learn a lot um Never i really that. had to do it to escape poverty in a way. I mean, it's that same story. It's just, I didn't want to live that lifestyle, but I bought my first car that way. I had nobody else who was gonna buy me a car. Right. You know? Um, so I, I bought my first car, and that allowed me to get my first job, start making some clean money. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of uh, my coming of age experience is just going into the the dark side of life and finding a way out and uh throughout the whole thing i've always had that uh inner thirst for something more something greater and uh it's it's played a big role in my life here you know my whole life it's played a big role that thirst for something greater there is something greater there's something more um, I studied world religions my whole life. It's just always, there's it's always, always fun. Always been that thirst for knowledge and understanding. You and, start um, to see where, where it all connects. And it all connects. Yeah. And all the dots connect. And, and then you see the little variables yeah. in between. Yeah. The oh, branches. Religion and, is freaking awesome. It's and one fascinating. Thing, I'm not going to say practice it, people, but read the Satanic Bible. Yeah. It is eye opening. But it is not my way, so don't worry. I'm not a Satanist. Yeah. Um, uh, but their commandments are like, if a man or woman is to rape another, they should be castrated. I mean, that's Old Testament stuff right there. Yeah. And that's um, what see a lot of people think of Satanism, and they they've got all their uh, preconceived notions and all the stigma that's around it. But like you said, if you read it and you study it, just not to practice it but to get an understanding you'll see that a lot of their commandments are they're all just like the rest of them morally they're moral codes yeah and 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 none of them are what i would con you know consider evil a lot of them are are good moral codes to live by and um it is it is so fascinating and i i just like you man i've been a student of history my whole life been obsessed with it and I, I think it uh, gives me a better grasp and a better understanding on what's going on here. And I'd rather know than to be ignorant. Exactly. And it goes as the old saying goes, if you do not study history, you're doomed to repeat. Exactly. Well, we're doing it. We are doing it. We are doing it. This is, I believe we are coming into a new dark age. This one brought on by technology. Not a big fan of technology. A lot of people know that. I mean, I got my Xbox, I got my TV, and I got my laptop. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my tech. I play my Xbox. By the way, hey, Bill Bandit, if anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I'm not. I'm not so sure it's leading us into a dark age. I can see how it could, but I can also see how it can lead us into a, the a ma- brighter, more unified age. True, but it's unification under, like... See, it. Right, I have major... One thing I started... I stopped watching TV about eight, nine years ago. Yeah. I don't really enjoy it. I don't like the news, everything. Yeah. I watch this news, and then this news is saying the exact opposite of yeah. what this news yeah. said. And They're just biases pushing their own agendas. Exactly. And then when the Democrat refused to do Democrat things, CNN changed him to a Republican underneath the thing. And mm-hmm. Yeah, same. See, it's that divide-and-conquer society we live in. Yeah. And... See, technology brings into that, like, the news. They give you these false information. I don't know why in the Dallas news I got to know why Bobo the dog had puppies. Yeah. Why am I not finding about that 13-year-old boy who just discovered how to clean up the ocean with this little machine he created? Yeah. Well, um, see, that little machine he created is technology, and that's how it goes to show what technology can do for good. And I think without the information technology that we have access to today, I think the information technology we have now has given us the opportunity to see through the lies and to be able to communicate on a mass scale, to have um, information at our fingertips, to be able to share that information with each other. Of course, there's a lot of, uh, we all get stuck in our own little echo chambers and our own little bubbles of people who you know a republican all he sees on his timeline is a bunch of republican bullshit but um information technologies has given us the opportunity to for alternative press to rise up so that you don't have to watch fox and cnn you you know those things are they're on a decline and the reason why they're so fucked up is because they're trying to find some way to combat the information technologies because they're losing to it. There's information all over the web for us to access and that we do access and that we prefer over that mainstream media. And so they're coming up with all kinds of bullshit to try to bring us back in. And it's it's just not working for them. And so this technology, information technology, is ushering in a new age of awareness in a way. And it goes back to what I originally said, like, you know, how every thing has a double-edged sword. Yeah. There's two sides. There Pros is and cons. The, there is the good technology. Because you can, you can say all these good things <coughs> about technology. I can make it sound great and wonderful, like it's going to lead us into some utopian society. Then again, we could lead us into a dystopian society when you have Big Brother being able to listen through every single microphone. You know, we've read 1984. Mm-hmm. And... um. So there's those both there's both of those things and even uh when you come to artificial intelligence and everybody has that fear of artificial intelligence taking over and let's well, say like bring it on. Yeah, I mean whatever it is it's exciting and I'm oh, all yes. about excitement of life, you know. Um to me that sounds more fun. If we go into war with artificial intelligence, like this is some kind of Terminator movie, that life is way more exciting to me than my everyday fucking commute to work and, you know, same old cycle, same old bullshit, different day. But if we're at war with machines, man, that sounds... Right. That sounds pretty fucking John exciting. Conner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but these are exciting times, man. So exciting. It is. And, um... I mean, 
One of the things I say to downlookers why I say technology dooms us is because the mass majority uses the technology for... I mean, I pull up my phone. I basically have access to all knowledge granted to people through internet. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, Do we use it that way, though? I'm going to watch a makeup tutorial. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to... See, I watch all this stuff. I started watching this dude named Sadhguru. Corey. Oh, I love Sadhguru. He, uh... Yeah, he started opening me up to a bunch of things, and then I started branching off, watching other people off Mystics of India and all that stuff. Well, um, the thing is, like you were saying, you can pull out your phone, and you can you have the choice of whether or not you want to study, you know, everything that we've learned throughout history. If you want to study ancient knowledge or... All of the possibilities, but you watch, you want to, you pull up a makeup tutorial. But there's also that double-edged sword again with that makeup tutorial. Maybe they're watching it to learn how to do their makeup. Exactly. Or are or, yeah. or if they are, you know, if they're makeup artists or something in there, that can be used for good. But I get what you're saying when it's most of the time it's people who are looking to be distracted. Mm-hmm. They're looking to be distracted from life because... Uh, they're looking for external things because they're st- they're scared to go inward yeah. into the internal being. They're they're looking for all of the external things to distract them because they don't know how to handle what's inside, and that's why you see the rise of anxiety and depression in society today. Is because we are we've never been taught how we to fill the hole. We don't solve the problem of the yeah, hole. We just we just kind of numb it yeah, and uh, distract ourselves. Put some water from in it. there. Yeah, and um. We, we haven't been taught how to handle these things and these feelings and to go inward to solve these problems and instead of trying to solve it with external things. Um, so there, there, there's that, uh, that thing of being human. And um, so a lot of people who are, uh, who are worried about technology is they're afraid that it's going to take away our human, human nature, the human things that make us human. And um, that's understandable because I do love, I do love being human. Um, I think it'd pretty be pretty fucking awesome to have like robotic legs and I could jump over buildings right. and shit. But, you know, jetpack and all this kind of shit. But um, I'm still waiting on the laser turret. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and who knows, man? Maybe we will become the machines. Ooh. Daleks. It's like Doctor Who. I don't know if you ever saw the show. No, I know of Doctor Who. The Daleks were once a race that they fought a war, that they fought it so long they didn't know why they were fighting. They just kept fighting. Well, Davos takes his people and shoves them into emotionless tin cans that are indestructible and can kill you in one shot, but they have to use emotion to it. So they're like, when they're screaming, please help, please help, it actually is saying, exterminate, exterminate. So he forced a whole race of people into the Daleks, and now the Daleks are the scourge of the universe, killing everything. Start the time war. Spoilers! <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should have said that. There's no ago. spoilers. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you start in with they, or Chris Eccleson, Ninth Doctor, he's pretty awesome. I'm going to say the Ninth. You'll find out. Oh my goodness. 2005, Rose Tyler, David so, Tennant. So... Is Doctor Who, is that, I haven't watched it, of course I've heard it, I know there's a little, it's got like a cult following. He's a um, madman in a box. 
Is it kind of Twilight Zone-ish? No. Yeah, kind of. Um, he fixes boo-boos in time. That's why he's the doctor. Okay. He's not the, like, uh, you know, I'm staring. Uh, he's, uh, he heals the universe. The Doctor Who, I feel like everybody should watch Doctor Who because he tries his best to keep everyone alive and to solve everything without violence. Mm. Everything. It's interesting. The only time he'll have violence is when something you, you, you screwed up. Yeah. You screwed up. And they're like, everybody's like, oh. And that's when you have like the series long episode where it's like, ah. So. Spoilers. <laughs> um, you started talking about Sadhguru and uh, you said Corey kind of opened you up to some of these different teachings. And uh, even you, you told me the other day that you've kind of started going on a self-exploration inward journey um so kind of talk us through that what's that been like how is it i'll shorten it up at the beginning and then i'll get into so after i got out of the military you know the loneliness thing and all that had to really work on it never really did push to decide because i'm man oh yeah big strong man yeah um I found a single moment of bliss in my life. And that moment of bliss kind of just mostly on my part. But on that, I learned like I need to fix myself. I need to learn how to deal with solitude. I went into solitude, got off all social medias, sat there, thought a lot, and just sat there and just I would think on things all day because I was in a full leg cast. Basically, it was a leg brace, but I couldn't take it off. And I had to always keep my arm up. So I sat in a chair for three weeks. I mean, I'd make my way to the bathroom and do what I had to do and whatnot. I wasn't that nasty. (laughs) Uh, But for three weeks, I had a lot of I can't play video games. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I'm stuck in this chair. And there were so many times while sitting in that chair. I was like, man, I just want to grab my gun. I just want to go in the bathroom, make it easy to clean up, and end it all. And that's when I started thinking on it. I started thinking about death. And I feel like, learn how real scary it is. But you also learned it's the end game. We don't know. We find out the answer to life is death. This is the greatest thing a man can achieve in his life. Or woman. I'm not biased. <laughs> um, but I learned to like console myself with that. I was like, man, I'm not afraid to die. <laughs> when it happens, it happens. I'm going to be here just going, oh, about time. Yeah. And then I started thinking on other things. Like I figured out, like... I don't need people all the time in my life. I try to. I try to hang out with people every day. I'm just I'm used to it. Yeah. Every day is like me, Donut, and Irish going off, drinking, sitting in a kiddie pool, drinking, playing hockey, um, going to Filiberto's, going to the bar, just doing that all the time, all the time. All the time we had that was free time, we were always yeah. on an adventure. I come back 
kind of stops. It really does stop. I try to hang out with people, and I learned I don't. I gotta stop hanging out with people every day. I gotta learn to, you know, rediscover. I walked through many doors, took day journeys. Finally, I ran into this dude named Roy. Yeah. And I was like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I'm Roy." I was like, "I'm Roy." He's like, "No duh." He's like, "Basically, this is what you are. This is where you're at." This is where you need to be. And this is how you feel. Like, that's when I was like, the other day I posted, I just want to be goofy and play music the rest of my life. I've always been goofy. Yeah. I've always been that guy doing all the goofy stuff. Does it get a laugh every time? No. <laughs> but I'm still doing it. Yeah. I mean, I just, one thing I was like, I, I don't really care how people think about me anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be goofy. I'm going to do what I want. Like... So do you think it was uh, the best choice you could have made was to go into that dark place and go into the solitude, go into embrace the loneliness and and realize that really I'm all I have and that's okay. At the end of the day, I'm here. I'm stuck with myself. You know, it's it's nice to have people around and everything, but at the end of the day, you're all you have. At the end of life, and, you're the only one laying in if, that bed. And if you can't find peace with yourself in the solitude, if you can't embrace your loneliness, you can't embrace the darkness that you have within you, if you can't embrace the light that you have within you, then you're you're going to remain lost. And and that, uh, that depression is going to sink in. And so from what it sounds like to me is that you went into that place and... Like you said, you met yourself, and and you kind of had that realization that I'm just gonna be me. I'm not gonna wallow in my sorrow and the and and uh, let everything that I thought life was supposed to be. I'm not gonna let all of that bring me down because I know who I am and I can be true to myself, and that's what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that's a beautiful path, and I think that everybody needs to learn a lesson from you in that way. You know, you can be a teacher in that way to tell people that this is how, you know, when you see me smiling, this is why. It's because I've been there. I've been to that dark place. And, I mean, I've been there myself a lot of the times. Um, been in such a dark, dark, dark place where... You know, like you said, you want to take your gun into your bathroom and end it all. I've put a gun in my mouth with the finger on the trigger, bullet in the chamber, just to feel it. Just to be in that place. Just to feel that fear. Just to feel that power. To know that this is all in my hands. And, um... It took a lot. It, uh... I learned a lot. And, um, it helped me become who I am. And when you can, when you have the courage to go into that dark place, to uh, look at yourself, to look at all the things that you don't like about yourself, all the things that you you hate, that you despise about yourself, when you go and you <coughs> you go inward, and it's like I was talking before, people are looking for external things to occupy their time because of what's inside them really scares them and it's understandable but when you go there and you feel that 
that loneliness and you go in you look at all your problems um, you meditate on them and you learn who you are why you feel the things you feel and how you can overcome that's the only way we, we work through it ourselves and we're the only ones who's gonna do that nobody else is um, so it is a it's definitely admirable that you you did that a lot of people you know your age a lot of people our age just aren't they're not doing that right and um, I think they can learn a lot from people like you who have sometimes you gotta go into the darkness to find the light yeah exactly there's always that uh, there's always a crack in there somewhere always where the light's shining through um, but the only way you know is if you're gonna go there you can't it, it takes courage it takes a lot of courage um, have yeah. you have you um, studied or have you experimented with any um, higher have you ever reached a higher state of consciousness where you're kind of outside your body to to observe not really to observe I don't think I had a I don't know if it was like the state of because I tried this meditation out you stay up for 48 hours straight and then you sit down to meditate but you keep constantly thinking about your objective of what you're wanting to think of and as you do that you start to go into this lucid state because you're going to be falling asleep the same time you do it which basically you will dream with your eyes open basically I've done that a lot but it's, mostly just through I uh I do lucid dream and I do I have uh, battled with um, sleep paralysis a lot my that's whole, why I don't take Ambien oh no fuck that there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't take Ambien but <laughs> um go on um so you're doing the meditation after 48 hours of being awake and you fell into a almost a lucid lucid dream. dreamlike stance my body became warm then it had no feeling and then it tingled all across my body straight tingling like your leg went asleep yeah so i just laid there because i was like i'm not moving because i hate when my leg falls asleep yeah and but i sat there and i laid back and it wasn't like coming out of body experience but i felt Let's just go Star Warsy and say a disturbance in the force. Yeah. And uh, when this disturbance in the force happened, it was just like that's when I came up with this list that I created. I posted on Facebook the other day. That's the beginning of it all. Was this forty-eight hour stay awake, be miserable all day? Okay, you want to play games? Yeah, I gotta stay awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I didn't feel tired I didn't feel happy I didn't feel sorrow I didn't feel joy I didn't feel anything I felt no emotion so you were to me that is basically just saying you have become pure conscious consciousness like I don't because where are we before we're born in the collective conscious exactly 
And I feel like that is that state, that is that place, what what they call nirvana. And um, that's a it's a beautiful place to be in. And I've only been there through uh, psychedelics, honestly. Yeah, I've been there too. Yeah, and um, right. it's uh, finding ways. I mean, I'm not meditating. Like a lot of people are, like I'm just I'm I'm doing a meditation, right? Oh, he's sitting there in the room. I walk. I listen to music. There's so many different forms of meditation. And when I look, like, yeah, because I walk and listen to music, and I just throw my sunglasses on. It doesn't matter where I am. I zone out. Yeah. Nothing else exists. Nothing else exists. I'm listening to each individual note, each individual beat, each everything just go in my head, and I analyze the lyrics, and I learn things from these songs. And I take them, I'm like, oh, that's sad as hell. All right. Yeah. But, you know, like you say, like, that state of non-emotion, when I got out of it, dude, I felt, I cried a little bit. Because I was like, I don't want to feel like that. Hmm. I don't want to feel like no emotion. That was scary. Yeah. Yeah. It was bland. Like, I like being happy. Yeah. I like making other people happy. I like bringing joy. I don't really want to bring sorrow. If you bring sorrow upon someone, that's just, that's how you, that's how you start it. Yeah. You bring sorrow, sorrow goes along, sorrow travels, sorrow travels, sorrow travels, yeah. travels. It's a game of telephone. And it's, eventually it's going to find its way back to you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for sure. Um, that's interesting. It's, it's it's very interesting. Something that I'm going to have to meditate on. Like, to me, that's powerful what you just said. How you entered that place of nothingness. And um, you missed smiling. You missed laughing. You know, once you came back, and that's why you cry, it's because these are such amazing gifts that we have to be able to love and laugh. And... Uh, to be numb, to not be human, it's a it's a pretty sad state of affairs. And um, been there, done that. Don't want to do it again. <laughs> and I think, I think it in that way, everybody can learn a lesson of embracing your human. Yeah, it's just embracing like, life and the fact that we do love and the fact that we do laugh and these are the things that we, we cry and we cry. And these are the things that we need to embrace and fight for. Some people have like certain emotions that really power them. I feel like angry people, if they use that anger towards something, that use that energy and do something like, do I'm something angry, good for someone else. make a house, boom, yeah. something. Yeah. Like if you can put all that, emotion is what drives us. A lot of things that people don't understand is that our emotions, that's heart, head, weigh heavy. Yeah. That's why when Anubis, he weighs your heart. Mm-hmm. Because all you do in your life is based out of emotion. Mm-hmm. Now, emotion, yeah, comes from the brain, but we, we symbolize it as the heart. Mm-hmm. How, how heavy does your heart weigh? Yeah. I, uh, I've been um, battling a lot with whether or not we should be acting out of emotion or acting out of logic. That's been something that I've been 
contemplating a lot, meditating on, because I see how much emotion can lead us astray. It can. You see a lot of people fighting, you know, especially like over social media and stuff. People get caught up in their emotions and want to stand their ground and fight for something that they're emotional about. When a lot, of, if we look at things logically, it we can find a, a better outcome most of the time. If we can stay calm, if we can control our emotions and use logic to overcome these situations. Um, to me, that has seemed to be uh, the best path. Um, it also lays down to perspective. Yeah. Your philosophy. Uh, most people work good on a logical scale. Most people work more better on an emotional scale. And then you have the people who find that in between. Yeah. They find where logic has its standpoint and where emotions has its standpoint. And where you have to think above with the logic over the emotions sometimes. Sometimes you have to think over. You have to find the balance between the two. Yeah. I have nothing wrong with logic. I run a lot of logic. I'm ADHD. My brain, logic 24-7. Yeah, yeah. Finding so, a way to slow it is logic. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's a good, uh, a good way to look at it. And I think that is something that we all need to try to pay attention to, is where do we stand logically and where do we stand emotionally and how can we use the both of them for the better good um i think acting off of pure emotion a lot of the time is not the best route save it for the bedroom yeah there you go <laughs> um but uh if i think uh as a society we would be better off if we got we could get to that point where we are um Understanding our emotions, but also understanding logic, balancing them out, and that's why I like to have these conversations. And I like even even you know in my everyday, just talking to people and being op more open with people, and um, instead of arguing, just have a conversation, look at things from different points of views. I think, it, like going back to the information technology, this is becoming very prominent in our society it, it's finding its way in it's kind of snuck up on us you know with podcasts all these uh, alternative medias has they've kind of snuck their way into society and now people are really getting a hold of it it's crazy how many people are listening to podcasts and getting you know it's not like they're they're there to um I don't know, some of them, I was about to go off on something and I had a second thought because it's probably not right, but um, there's just so much information out there and we can, uh, it's available to all of us and we can start to look at things outside of our own bubble and I think that's a great thing and I think we need to do that. I want to talk to people about things that I don't quite believe. I want, I want to do a podcast with a, a Muslim, which... Um, I've got a buddy who's a Muslim, and I want to have that conversation just so I can get a better understanding. It's great. I had I've, a roommate that was Muslim. Learned so much from the dude. Yeah. and um, They're great for roommates, too. They don't use toilet paper. <laughs> um, and I've got a buddy who is um, an anti-vaxxer. 
Mm-mm. I'm not. I don't know where I stand on some of these things. Um, I, I, there's there's a lot about Islam that I find very beautiful. I find that a lot of it has been manipulated by man, same way Christianity has. Um, but I would like to have a better stance on the subject. That's why I have a Quran. That's why I read the Quran. Um, and as for anti-vaxxing, I'm not 100% sure where I stand on that. I want to have the conversation. I want to get this a girl, a friend of mine who's a girl, I want to get her perspective on, you know, why anti-vax. And then maybe have a conversation with someone who's not anti-vax. And just, because I want to come to my own opinion. I want to see why people think the way they do. And I think this is just a beautiful age, a beautiful time for all of that. Definitely exciting. It's a great time. day for philosophy. It is. It's because there's these, these times are so strange. They are. We're we come into the tech era, and we're the we're the pioneers yeah. of the tech era. Yeah, we are. And what ha- and the tech era is kind of and the reason why, like <clears throat> being the first of the tech era, we're the dumbest. Yeah, yeah. We're the like. What do we do? Well, it's like you look at kids these days who can pick up and use an iPhone better at than... At age two. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's crazy. And so we... Yeah, we're the dumb ones. They are going to be the smart ones. No doubt. One day. One day. Once they get past Tide Pods and stuff. You know? <laughs> hey, man, we all had that. They got to take the real challenge. A cinnamon-covered Tide Pods. Exactly. But no, what people need to understand about that stuff is we've all been there. We Don't are. even act like we have. I, we had jackass back in the day. Oh, yeah. And if, if we had social media back then... I got a couple broken spots on yeah. this. <laughs> if we had social media back then, you know, we would be looking just as dumb. Boy, howdy, we would. Yeah. Um... It's and a lot of those things. It comes down to perspective. A lot of people like to give those kids shit, but they're just fucking kids, right. just like we were, man. Just like we were. I mean, the amount of stupid stuff I've did, I've done in my youth. Exactly. I, I'm just like, man. Thank God there wasn't social media. Thank God. <laughs> I, I would have been fired multiple times. Yeah, right. I would have had this. I would have had this. I would have been gone. I forgot. I should be dead. Yeah. Exactly. I should be fucking. Yeah. Oh my God. But that's great. That's the great thing about being a youth. And that's what you should do without your, throughout your life is take that sense of wonder from age one. Bring it out. Extend it as far as you yeah. can. I've gotten to the 27th year with it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think, like you said, man, I don't think we should ever lose that wonder. I think that should drive us <sighs> all the time. Into... How do you invent new things? How did the guy invent the television? He had this sense of wonder. It's innovation. It's... Uh... Yeah, we shouldn't ever be afraid to be creative because at the core, that's what we are. We are the creative, you know, we are that creative energy, the flow of the whole entire universe. We're also the destructive energy. Yeah, so is the universe. I mean, we exactly. are, but but destruction leads into new creation. When things exactly. die, those things lead to, to the birth of something else. It's like what Corey brought up to me the other day, and it's a good thing to study. Who built... The Greeks built upon people. The Egyptians built upon people. Mm-hmm. Who did they build upon? Yeah. And like Goblekeke in Go- Turkey? Goblete... Go- yeah. It's a Goble... Goble Tepe. Goble Tepe. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it's uh, what like sixteen thousand BC. It's uh, it's projected to be anywhere from ten thousand to sixteen thousand years old. That's beautiful. Because yeah. the Sphinx is like what thirty two thousand BC, thirty eight thousand BC. Yeah, it's been about that. That's the thing. A lot of people say that the Sphinx is four thousand, six thousand years old. No. But it, you look at the weather erosion on it; it's water erosion, and there hasn't been water. There hasn't been torrential downfall like that in the Nile Valley since 13,000 years ago, at least. Yeah. And so that tells us that the Sphinx is way older than projected. But yeah, um, that society back then, that civilization, yes, we're talking 13,000 years ago. A great civilization of great talent and possibilities creation it's it's insane that gobekli tepe is uh so fascinating it was deliberately buried it's it's huge too so do you think it was the ancestors of that area who buried it or was it the conquerors because think of it's kind of like rome with carthage salt the lands i think it was of course this is just my idea my hypothesis but i think that it was deliberately buried by the people there when they were leaving because of climate change. And I think they they deliberately buried it to preserve it. Where do you think they went? Do you think those are the ones that went north? They might have been the ones who went, um, coming from Turkey, depending on, I I don't know the the dates, the ages and everything, but they might have been the ones who went back down into the Nile Valley to create the pyramids and the Sphinx and whatnot. I don't know. It's all up in the air. It's fascinating to study. Right. You um, can't use time machines to go back. Yeah. Um, but but if we... there has been people who are doing amazing research into that field and of uh, ancient civilizations. I don't know if you're familiar with Graham Hancock. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've got a few of his books, like Magicians of the Gods, mm-hmm. Fingerprints of the Gods. They're, they're amazing. It's uh, very fascinating stuff. And I do... Stand. You got anything from Zachariah Stenshin? No, I don't. Get the Book of Inky. Okay. It's a good read. Yeah, I bet. I, I've heard a lot about it. Inky is like that whole, like... Alright, so I've noticed it because I've read it. That's I've, a Sumerian god, right? Yeah. yeah. The god of creation, water, and... So he's basically God. But he's also Satan. Yeah. Because he was the one who granted us knowledge from the apples and all that... It's a weird thing. It shows up in Sumerian text. Still a hypothesis. I like the way it goes because, yeah. like, I always had this theory when I was in high school that we were bred like that missing link is a fourth kind experimentation mutation that took us from Homo erectus to Homo sapien or whatever it took yeah. us from wherever that point. But we learned knowledge, and as as Enki was around, taught us all this stuff and everything. He basically was the first god. Yeah. But I don't know if this is true. Like you said, we can't go back in time. We yeah. can't do anything. Can we say that he was a real physical being, or was he other dimensional? Were these people so smart and so in tune with the capacities of their brains that they could access these areas of higher dimensions right. to have contact with these beings, these gods. And where do they lie? 
Were they physical? I kind of doubt it. I, I, they might have been from a different solar system. Who knows? But I would almost think that if we reached that capacity of intelligence, then interdimensional travel would be the way to do it. Right. And um, we, I think we can still tap into that. And I think that here in, this, in the near future... As we get, as we become more open to psychedelics and the worlds that those things take us, there's baby steps. Yeah, we're getting cannabis there. You know, now. you know, and we might, we might find that we have that same capacity for greatness that the ancients did, and to understand where did gods come from? Why were they such great teachers? Yeah, because these they... guys were tripping all the time back then. Yeah. I saw this bird made of lightning yeah. come to me, and yeah. I saw, I, he's a uh, god. There was a an old uh, Tibetan quote that uh, said something about iron birds. When, when birds are made of iron and horses gain wheels, then uh, the Tibetan people would be spread across the world. And they're talking about like the spread of Tibetan Buddhism, when airplanes were created and when cars were created. It could took... that be the Tibetan Buddhism, or could it yeah. be the culture of Tibet spreading out? Spreading out. Because there's a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, have you seen that ad on Tibet? Yeah. yeah. They're starving there. We gotta go help <laughs> them. No, they're fine. Yeah. It's just they're starving during that time because it's it's winter. Yeah, but um. I know things like that are so fascinating, and I think people need to find a love for that again. Not, I mean, to each their own, but it's been such a driving force in my life to know as much as possible, to gain as much knowledge and understanding of the world around me, and it's... it's, it's It leads to more questions. It always does, and I mean, I'm never... I love it. Like, I don't right? want the questions to stop coming. I want to keep discovering. I don't... I don't ever want that to end. And uh, I uh, highly encourage everybody to find something that they're passionate about. Go ahead and, you know, dive deep into that subject and see where that takes you. Mm -hmm. Because once you go in, uh, you don't, you start, you fall in love and you don't ever want to come back out of that, that thirst for knowledge. And, um, I think if we all start to do that collectively, we're all going to find real happiness, love, and answers. Answers and, and, questions. and let it <laughs> let it project us, propel us into the future and uh let's make this thing as beautiful and you, as as good as possible. You remember that question I posted on Facebook? I asked everybody to think about for a week. Uh, maybe, maybe not. What was if you it? had a million dollars, what would you do? That's kind of what you're like, you're seeking of knowledge. I thought of that question for a whole week, and I saw my morals start to change. Yeah. As I started to think more on it, I was like, I'm thinking more selfish. I, yeah. Do what I need to do for me, and do what I can to help my inner circle, because that is my community. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, if I had a million dollars, I would um, I would find some way to invest it so that I can set myself up to do 
do things for others. I would, um, you know, I'm probably going to have to spend some on me so that I can get to a place where I'm better prepared so that I can be a teacher and so that I can do great things for the world. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably where I'll go with it. But if I meditate on it for a week... You'll see. Yeah, yeah. You'll see, like, because I saw the greed come out of me. I saw, like, all this stuff come out of me, and I was like, whoa. And that's, like, and, like, it goes back, like, you know, communism doesn't work because we're susceptible to the seven deadly sins. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Because those seven deadly sins are in all of us. Yeah. And it's just us learning to not really conceal them or hide them it's to understand them yeah and it's sometimes it's good to be a sloth hey i've worked like yeah four days straight i'm gonna rest for four days i'm gonna rest for four days like understandable gluttony like you learn like i i got fat when i was in the hospital yeah and now i'm not fat anymore i learned about you learned you learned what what it means to be fat, to be unhealthy. Once you start eating and, and you yeah. just bored him eat, you just continue to keep yeah. eating. I was like, there was like a hundred Slim Jims in here. Why I got like five left? God. Um, yeah. And that that can be a path to knowledge as well. Right. You know, all of the um, seven deadly sins, they can definitely be their own paths to knowledge and understanding. No one really studies them though. No one, like, well can't say that there's a lot of priests and yeah. fathers and yeah, bishops yeah. and deacons and whatever yeah. you want to give your title yeah but um i think we're around an hour around an hour in whoa yeah right <laughs> flies by i think uh next time me you and Corey should get together oh are we doing theology we should i mean we Ooh. can we can a viking or rabbi and yeah right. And Jesse, <laughs> yeah. undetermined. The the three spiritual uh, great things in life: Viking, Rabbi, and Jesse. <laughs> I'm just Jesse. I'm just just me. Right. All right, guys. We'll uh, appreciate you guys for listening to this one. Um, me and Roy will definitely get back together. Go deeper. One hour just isn't enough. Yeah, we got to plan. We got to do stuff. Yeah. A horse has to be involved. Yeah, a horse. Maybe yeah, some bungee sure. cords. And, and a, and a drum, drum circle. Yes. Absolutely. I'll bring the drums. All right. Thank you, guys.